Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Hey, everybody. I'm Alice DeBure, Fanny's drummer. And I have to tell you, I have been looking forward to this episode because working with Barbara Streisand is one of my clearest and most favorite memories from Fanny. Cool. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. I'm Dr. Kristen Hilaire-Glasgow. I'm not only a historian by training, but for this context, I am the daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver. And I'm excited to discuss all of the interwoven connections between my dad and Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill and Richard Perry. And And Fanny. And Fanny, of course. (laughs) So I just can't wait to share memories that light the corners of my mind. (laughs) Misty, watercolored memories of the way we were. (laughs) Oh, man. And I'm Byron Wilkins, a lifelong Fanny fan and webmaster over at FannyRocks.com. And yep, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing some stories about Barbara Streisand as well. This, This sounds cool. I think so, too. And Byron, yeah. right off the bat, I have mm-hmm. a question for you. You've been All a right. lifelong Fanny fan. You had already known about yeah. Fanny at oh, this yeah. moment, right? <laughs> so oh, when yeah. you heard about Barbara Streisand working with Fanny on a contemporary pop album, did you hear it? <laughs> did you buy it? What did you think? Well, I did hear it, but I did not buy the album <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or the single. No, not, not, not exactly in my uh, genre, shall we say, you know, being a Deep Purple and Black Sabbath fan. Uh, she wasn't quite there for me. But uh, but I did actually uh, hear uh, the song. And the reason I paid attention to it is because the j- disc jockeys on WLSAM in Chicago would mention that uh, Fanny was the backing group on this on this song, on Where wow. You Lead. Wow. Yeah. And it was out around the same time, you know, Charity Ball, the single was. So they were promoting it. So that was kind of cool. Well, wow. that's really cool. That's amazing, Byron. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know that we played in Chicago a lot. We had mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fans in Chicago. We were pretty mm-hmm. big in Chicago. Oh, yeah. You know? Charity Ball was in the top 10 uh, number for two weeks at number nine. Wow. <laughs> number nine. Wow. Number, number nine. nine. I'm just going to keep number saying nine. the top 10 because otherwise <laughs> Kristen <laughs> is going to go number nine. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Byron will, too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. Our, our Beatle fans out there will know number nine. Yes, anyway, number nine. But, um, but also for our listener to understand, uh, WLS uh, Radio AM was a clear channel radio station, which means at night uh, they would increase their power to 50,000 watts. Wow. And wow. you could hear it all yeah. over uh, the country. All 48 states could get it. And you can thank DJ uh, Fred Winston from Boat, you guys, uh, for playing this song because he did it quite a bit. Wow. Yeah, we, uh, well, thank you, Fred. But I remember <laughs> growing up in Iowa, and that was, mm. you know, eight hours away from oh, yeah. Chicago and at night and even back in the old, the women days, you know, we'd be driving at night and any part of Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, sure. I mean, you could hear WLS at night and it was oh, pretty yeah. cool. They yeah. played wow. great music. I just love that we're going to be discussing Fanny working with Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify th- what we're going to be talking about today is Barbara's second contemporary pop album, which was called, Barbara Jones Streisand, released right. in 1971. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're not starting with Stony End, which was her first album collaboration with Richard Perry, is that 
June and Nikki, right? Over, yeah. Uh, over, right. Did overdubs, but right. we're going to talk about that at a different time. Right. So today we're talking about the two songs that Fanny did play live in the recording with Barbara Streisand. Cool. Byron, as you mentioned, Where You Lead, written by mm-hmm. Carol King and Tony Stern, and also Space Captain, which I love, mm-hmm. which was written by Matthew Matt Moore. Uh-oh. Right, right. Yeah. And- and for you uh, music geeks out there like me, uh, you, I'll let you know that the single Where You Lead on August 28th of 71 uh, peaked at number 11 on the Billboard single chart. And then it hit number three on the Adult Contemporary, which I didn't listen to, but <laughs> those charts. <laughs> but uh, and it was, as you said, it was from her album, Barbara Jones Streisand, which peaked at number 11. So this is a pretty good sizable album. Yeah. And in my journal, I show mm. that on August 29th of 1971 is when Charity Ball was released, the album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, so that's fantastic. The, all little interwoven interconnections. Little, you little absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Alice, when you're recording or you started to record or mm-hmm. get ready for the recording of... Barbara Jones Streisand. Fanny was on tour. It's May of 1971. And we had a lot of questions from our UFOs, our listeners about, first of all, how Fanny even came to work with Barbara Streisand, as well as what she was like to work with. So Alice, set the stage. How did Fanny come about even learning that you were going to be working with Barbara Streisand? Well, you know, Kristen, I don't remember if um, your dad, Roy, called us he didn't travel with us very often. He always went to Europe with us, but Mark Hammerman was our road <laughs> manager. And um, I don't remember if Mark told us or if Richard told us, but somebody, one of them, let us know that we were going to be interrupting the tour halfway through to hmm. go back to L.A., fly back to L.A. to record these two songs live with Barbara Streisand. And it was wow. a stunner. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I bet. And when I interviewed June and Jean for this episode, June had a similar memory of how this all came about. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear what she's talking about in her recording. She's talking about recording her song, Thinking of You. Yeah, the Mm. lead to it. In my book, Land of a Thousand Bridges, I talk about how we had just recorded the track and I was ready to do the solo after, you know, wrangling with Richard around the volume. And he was on the phone with someone for about 20 minutes. And I was so upset i kept going you know through the window richard richard come on let's go and you know wait 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 he was actually talking to barbara streisand um i remember the pre-production that we did in a hotel room in madison we set up the equipment and the the large you know living room I, i don't know how we got away with that but we did do it and we um reviewed the songs you know and we had to Pick the key along with Richard ahead of time, because that's like super important. So uh, he must have picked out the key with her or the keys. And we rehearsed those in the living room and we slammed. We got them. So by the time we got to L.A., um, I think we got there the day before the session or something. Not not too long. You know, it's so funny to me, um, even 50 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, man, maybe it's the 50 years. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, how memories can be so different. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. remember it was a holiday in. I remember running through the songs with just acoustic guitars in our rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. as may, And maybe that was the initial you know, figuring out, learning the songs. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that we had to practice them live. So we probably did that at sound checks, you know, Mm -hmm. use that would make more sense. Yeah. 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 Setting up your equipment in a hotel room. I bet someone would get pissed, you know, (laughs) right. If there was even room for it in a holiday. Yeah. So Alice, you have some 
fabulous journal entries from this time and this experience. So will you please read it to all of us? Sure, Kristen, I will. From my <laughs> journal, May 16th, 1971, heading is Madison, Arrow, Mil Milwaukee, Arrow, LA, and home in bold. Up at 4.30 LA time and caught the 9.45 plane. Practice at studio instrument rentals went smoothly and quickly as we were all fading fast. Hmm. May 17th, LA. Rehearsal was set for 12 at Studio Instrument Rentals and eventually got going around 2, not unusual. From then on until 7.30, we went pretty much straight through. Where you lead and Space Captain are really starting to come together at this point. I'm getting more of a feel for the tunes, especially Space Captain. Working hard all day like this for Streisand shouldn't be so different from Fanny. We have more at stake with our own music on a valid level, but for now... The Streisand thing has pulled all of us out of the doldrums we've been in for the past couple of weeks. On to Tuesday, May 18th, which is heading Barbara Streisand session. Hmm. Rehearsal is on for 12, but we didn't actually start until 1230 or 1, and we worked until 3, putting final things together for tonight. The session started at 6 for me as I was setting up my drums, etc., and around 8.30, Barbara got there, and we laid a track with her singing on Where You Lead. Billy Preston was on organ, and after another five or six tries, we decided to keep that first track. On to Space Captain, which we got in about five or six complete takes. Both of the tracks have single possibilities, and Barbara was pleased. She was much easier to work with than I'd expected, and I think she really let it out and had a good time. It's something I won't forget for some time, unquote. And I got to tell you, I think we nailed it. <laughs>
fantastic. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot of fun, but you know what? Aside hmm. from Barbara Streisand's voice, that song could be on a Fanny album. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I was yeah. thinking about how Richard, how June always talks about how Richard Perry trained all of you to do backup. Yeah. And this is just mm-hmm. coming to like full glory. Of yeah. this mm-hmm. The backup so parts absolutely. on this are fantastic. Yeah. Singing it full voice. I also like that part, that section. It's one of my favorite sounds when a drummer does that flat, uh, quiet rim shot, if you will, that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. that. I, I love, love when you that do on that. The snare. Yeah. So, Alice, you know, uh, tell us about how how did this all happen? Who put you together with Barbara Streisand? I mean, this is something I've been wanting to know. Well, I think I think Kristen probably has a better answer than I do. I, okay. prob- I probably, probably do. do. Yeah. I think we have different angles of memories yeah. on this story. Yeah. So even though, as we mentioned, we're not talking about Stony End, the first mm-hmm. album with Richard and Barbara, um, the introduction began with that collaboration through my dad, I'm pretty sure, because my dad had a very close friendship with Barbara and her then boyfriend, Ryan O'Neill. Right. They would come to the house a lot. Jeannie mm-hmm. was with my dad at the time. There were always people hanging around and my dad would cook Chinese food for everybody it was this whole kind of you know click if you will although with without necessarily the snobbiness to it but so my dad (laughs) had invited Barbara and Ryan to the whiskey Mm -hmm. to see Fanny because Mm. he was showing them his latest management his artists Mm. and June remembers Barbara and Ryan at the whiskey soon before the recording and so Alice I'm wondering if you remember any of that well I not only remember it I wrote about it in my journal Oh, it was here. Uh, yeah, it was Wednesday, January 27th. Um, says whiskey is the heading. We had a sound check from 1230 to 3. And as usual, Nikki was a bitch. But <laughs> at least we know what to expect from her. Barbara Streisand was at the first set and she and Ryan O'Neill came up after and talked for a few minutes before they split. I was nervous, but didn't show it too badly. oh that is cool well and it's you know really wonderful to look at a larger time frame here right in terms of so she saw you right in january as richard was gearing up for his second collaboration Mm -hmm. with her right right? and what's interesting again is that it's only three months later that fanny recorded with her as fanny is recording charity ball so all of these things are happening at the same moment i wanted to read a little bit from richard's autobiography cloud nine which we've mentioned here before and there are two parts to the quote that i want to read so the first Mm -hmm. quote is i felt that perhaps my greatest strength as a record producer was to find the right material that would allow the artist to own the songs and make the music their own close quote. And Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about Fanny and covers, but we've also Mm -hmm. talked about what songs were selected for the album, even if they're originals. And clearly this was something that was really important to Richard. And then he added for the collaboration here, I quote, I took a lot of time to select the songs that I felt would best launch Barbara into contemporary pop. Right. And of course, again, he's referring to Stony End. But in the second collaboration that we're talking about, Barbara Jones Streisand, he applied that same strength. Right. Right. And so, right. And so I just I just wanted to point that out because I really think between Fanny and Barbara Streisand, he selected the three or, you know, two best songs for Fanny to play on. So, Alice, you're you're there, you're rehearsing, you're ready to go into Columbia Recording Studios on Sunset Boulevard. Tell us what you remember. Set the stage. You walked in. Well, <laughs> let me let me tell you, it was not Wally Hyder's little overdub studio. 
The closet? The closet. It was <laughs> the not the closet. closet. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was a large room. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that there was a podium set up um, to one side. And we set up in a semicircle. And the podium was for Barbara. Mm-hmm. So, because she wanted to be able to see everybody and the control room. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. I remember Billy Preston being kind of in the back, if you will, on, on mm. the organ. And then the semicircle continued with Nikki, piano, Jean, me, and June. And my setup was, every, everything was baffled, of course, you mm-hmm. know, for a recording. But my setup was so that the um, glass of the control room was to my left, kind mm. of at an angle. And mm. so I could turn and I could see the sound booth, but the semicircle was because expressly because she wanted to be able to see everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in Richard's book, what he was remembering is that on Stony End, he wanted to do like any contemporary pop album. He wanted to isolate the drums. Mm-hmm. He wanted to record the tracks and then have her do the vocals. But right. she was not in her comfort zone in doing that since she was used to performing to an audience, to an orchestra. Right. So the setup was very similar in that regard. And, you know, you just said something else about tuning your drums that Richard in on the first album, he was the one that tuned the drums on on Stony End. End. Right. And I don't know if anybody remembers that we talked about this before, that Richard Perry did have training as a drummer from the age Mm -hmm. of 10 on. Right. And he was a real, in his words, control freak about that first Mm. album and controlling the sound of the drums. And yet on Barbara Jones Streisand, he let you tune the drums. Right. Which again, really speaks to your musicianship and his trust of you as a musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it, it's interesting because Seagrave and Fritz were still out on the road, so we didn't have roadies. We might have had a couple of guys from Studio Instrument Rentals bring the drum kit over. I don't remember having to lug it myself, but I do remember having set it up at Studio Instrument Rentals so that it fit me the way I liked my kit to fit. You know, mm. that part was done, mm-hmm. and the drums were rental drums. Mine were still out on the road, so... Sure. They would have been tuned to some something, you know, and I probably <laughs> flattened them a little bit because they sound more like my drums than that. Ba-doom, doom, doom. My drums yes. never sounded. Ba-doom, doom, doom. Mine were. Ba-doom, doom, doom. Ba-doom, right. Doom. You know, that flat, mm-hmm. fat drum sound that I liked. So, yeah, but Richard definitely had to have had trust in us to let us do that. Yeah, I, oh, I agree I- with you. Yeah, definitely. And so June was remembering in the interview about Barbara Streisand arriving to the studio. All of you have set up, you've rehearsed, you've warmed up, everything's ready to go. And she was recalling how she thought Barbara Streisand might be insecure about the song. So let's listen. I mean, when she walked in, it had to be perfect. The sound had to be right. The setup had to be right. And it was the right thing to do, actually. And I don't know if she was acting just to um, lighten the atmosphere for both her and us, but she came in and she said she was super flustered and nervous because she had never recorded live with a band before, which is true. Then she got up and she did like the first take was perfect, you know. So I didn't know if she was kidding or not when she came and said she was nervous and she didn't know if she could actually do this session. But... I mean, all she needed was the one take. I think she did three of each song. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Oh, yeah. Barbara Streisand had uh, eight years of professional experience at this point in time. So she's not walking into a studio unprepared by any stretch of the imagination. No, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so at all. I think that was mm-hmm. a beautiful, uh, gracious tactic to make sure. everybody feel yeah. a little yeah, yeah. more comfortable, put everybody at ease. And yeah. also, she, she would not have worked with Fanny if she was not comfortable with your talents right. and musicianship. Yeah, that's you know? that's true, Kristen. You know, I remember her and she was small. She was I'm five eight, mm-hmm. you know, and she was she was much smaller, but I remember her walking in with that little velvet hat on, <laughs> you know. Is that the uh, velvet hat that she's wearing in the pictures on the inside of the album, you know, and I know that's Richard Perry, but Who's the one smoking the joint? <laughs> <laughs> that would be my dad sharing oh. a joint with <laughs> Richard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know that Barbara did not uh, partake with no. them, but she did. She came in and she, after the hellos and everything, she put us at ease. So with so much grace, it was, mm. it was really sweet. Cause she said, you girls are going to have to teach me how this song goes. And you know, wow. and I'm thinking, no, there's no way in hell a star of Barbara Streisand's caliber is going to come into any session not knowing how the song goes, you know. But that little bit of grace, it was yeah. just huge to me because she treated yeah. us like equals. And it made yeah. for a much more relaxed evening and recording session, cool. you know. Well, the other thing that I learned is that when she recorded this album with Fanny, mm-hmm. she was 28 years old, and <laughs> yeah. so was Richard. I mean, that is so young. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? really. Think about um, it. If you think about it, but the thing that I found so interesting about it is Richard pointed out that even though she was young, the genre, the eight years of fame that she had, Byron, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. was in Broadway, which is a demographic, right. was oh, a yeah. lot older <laughs> than she was. Old so fart. She, yep. Yeah. She was really, really <laughs> young. So this is the first experience for her working with peers who were doing rock and roll, you know, so yeah. she, I'm sure there were a bit of nerves, not necessarily about her singing the song. Yeah. And we got to remember, you got to remember, Kristen, that we were 21 and 22 at the time. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, she's yeah. 28. That's not far apart. You no, know, it's really, really not. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. And I loved what Jeannie had to say working with Barbara Streisand. Let's listen. What I remember so much about the recording with her, I'd never been with an artist who, when she sang the song through a couple of times, it was so completely different every time. Yeah. Different, different inflections, different phrasing, yeah. no words place the notes was different. I couldn't believe what she sang so differently two or three times that she ran through the song. And then she just blew us out of the water. Now that is a real artist. And you know, that's fun for the band because we were playing it the same every time, pretty much. You know, I don't remember us jamming on the tunes. We knew the key. We knew the arrangement. We knew what we had to do. It was she who had the freedom to interpret the lyrics and the melody. And she did it so magnificently. We just couldn't believe it. So it was so much fun for us. Not only was it Barbara Streisand, but we got to, you know, basically get on the sled and go, wee and go slide down the hill with her in the snow. You know what I'm saying? It was that kind of fun. It was just completely freewheeling, and you could feel the breeze blowing through your ear, so to speak, musically. It was, it was quite wonderful. Yeah, what it was about her, she was actually very comfortable with us. And she, yeah. it, it was kind of fun to, uh, it wasn't like there was a big star we had to kowtow to her, any, anything like that. She was really relaxed and 
wanted to have fun with a band is what I felt like. Yeah, that just to clarify, that was June in the middle of Jean talking as well. Right. If that wasn't mm-hmm. obvious. And some of the questions that we received about Fanny working with Barbara mm-hmm. is the idea that Fanny quote arranged the songs because mm-hmm. you're credited on this album as having done the arrangements. However, I always thought arrangements were different than let's say interpretations of a song or a cover. Oh yeah, well I think you know both songs. Whenever you when you see an album. And mm-hmm. somebody's credited for an arrangement. They're not credited for an interpretation. Mm-hmm. So right. Fanny was qu- credited for an arrangement. And basically, we just learned the songs. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. rearrange either one of them, you know. So mm-hmm. that really, that validates your interpretation versus arrangement argument. It was just the way they credited it back in the day. I yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, as as I said before, Richard talked about his greatest strength as a producer, being able to choose a song for an artist that can make it their own. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, Richard knew Fanny could pull off where you lead as a cover song and make it your own. Right. Yeah. And now he's giving Barbara Streisand the cover song that he knows she can make her own. So he really mm-hmm. did know your talents as musicians, singers and backup singers. And I love that he brought that to life yeah yeah and and of the two songs that we did mm-hmm. um the background vocals on where you lead that was just fanny you know mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. if we're talking about these two songs the difference is i say where you lead could be a fanny song i think space captain could too oh, you know definitely. But it was it was much more of a challenge for me mm-hmm. um where you lead was was really simple to play easy Mm-hmm. You know, but Space Captain had that kind of syncopation that I was never really sure unless I'd played it a ton of times live and recording it and practicing it. You know, it gave me that nervousness. Mm-hmm. You know, I was afraid I was going to rush the tempo more than anything. But I can hear myself holding myself back. I can hear that. Yeah. Hmm, well, that's interesting because our listeners, of course, have heard of our Apple Scruff, who's mm-hmm. Tim Shiflett. And when he wrote in about working with Barbara Streisand, his comment was that he didn't feel you were loud enough, Alice. And I'm wondering, was that your choice? Was that Richard's choice or none of the above? Well, I think it's none of the above. I think that the <laughs> drums are an absolute perfect volume level for Barbara Streisand's voice, you know, mm-hmm. for that recording, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. But talking about, um, I think I played louder. I mean, Richard would still control it with the board, but my tendency on things like this is to, you know, stay on the on the beat, and then I might do a riff or uh, go to a bridge or a chorus or something, and I'll speed it up a little bit and then mm-hmm. slow it back down. And in that speeding up and slowing down, the volume does go up and down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in some of the Fanny songs, I hear my fills rushing the tempo. And then when it's back into the verse, I'm back into that slower tempo, tempo, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, as it was supposed to be. The, the committee in my head has critiqued me mercilessly for years. You know? <laughs> Why? I actually love this about your playing because it adds so much tension to oh, yeah. the song. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, with 2021 ears, I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. I I hear how it adds drama to a song, but with Space Captain, I really felt like I needed to be like a studio musician, stick mm. to the tempo, just be simple, you know, and I mm-hmm. like that sound. To me, it works. Mm. So I just told the committee in my head the meeting was adjourned, you know, <laughs> boom. Space Captain. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to say, one of these days, we might have to go back and really dissect this song. I think we you should. Know, Aaron's a lot there. Yeah, and if you <laughs> listen, like, on on Where You Lead, Jeannie's bass just got in my ear, and on oh, Space yes. Captain, I mean, Nikki's keyboards are phenomenal. The intro, phenomenal. It, I mean, yeah. it's, it's right up her alley, and my drum fills are, you know, they're they're solid. They're in tempo. They're boom. You know. So one of these days, I do want to go back and and maybe maybe just privately we'll dissect this song. Uh, I think we should. And also, let's not forget the fabulous Billy Preston playing yes. with Fanny. I mean, that is just. Yes. And you were all on par there. Yeah. I mean, that is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the uh, silly question would be, did you really enjoy playing it? <laughs> you know what, Byron? I got to tell you, um, I think I really did. When I'm mm -hmm. playing it now, I'm air drumming now as we do this podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm having a blast. I think <laughs> I really did. It it felt really easy. It felt like the, the riffs just kind of rolled off, you mm -hmm. know, my sticks. It was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really am enjoying it through 2021 years. I yeah. admit that. And again, we just said it, but I do want to clarify. Nikki's playing keyboards. Right. Billy yeah. Preston piano. is playing yeah. piano and Billy yeah. Preston is playing organ. Yeah, right. Nikki, Nikki played piano and Billy Preston mm -hmm. played organ on both songs. And incredible. on Space Captain, it wasn't just Billy Preston that was added, but you also might have noticed there were some of Richard's favorite horns included. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, but, yeah. oh, yes. And it was like a who's who of studio backup singers at the time. And yeah. you got Clyde King, you got Oma yeah. Drake, Vanetta Fields, Shirley Matthews, and of course, Fanny. And if you don't know those names, go look them up because Absolutely. they were phenomenal oh, yeah. singers. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The backups on this song is fantastic. And yes, there were more backups than Fanny normally does, mm -hmm. but this song, like, like uh, where you lead is quintessential Fanny to me still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, yeah. Richard really, really got this collaboration well yeah and i'm i hear fanny's what kind of lover and take a yes. message to the yes. captain mm, they both yeah. have that same kind of syncopation mm -hmm. you know i wonder if nikki was maybe even uh i don't know maybe she thought she got something from space captain that led her to that kind of a piano part in another song i mean there's Could, a possibility sure. you know Absolutely. or vice versa yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that i've been thinking about as we've been yeah. listening to the two songs is that there's this idea that richard perry well it's not an idea he did that he disassociated <laughs> himself from fanny after working oh, yeah. with you yep and yep. it's because you weren't you know the big hit makers like ella fitzgerald or barbara streisand or the pointer sisters right. or, and so many others but at the time that he was working working with you and producing you, he didn't have to choose you. I said this before, he didn't right. have to choose you to work with Barbara. Right. Right. As, mm. as I said, his reputation too was on the line yeah. and it really says a lot for him that not only did he pick Fanny to play live with Barbara Streisand, right. that two of the three singles selected with Clive Davis, but also Richard Perry for sure were with Fanny. And that yeah. says yeah. a lot. It yeah. really, yeah. really does. You know, and it's not until reading his, current autobiography that I'm realizing that it's kind of hindsight that he's disassociated himself. But at the time he was fully invested in you oh, as musicians yeah. and as a band. Yeah, I, I agree, Kristen wholeheartedly. And I think that Richard probably had a whole lot of fun with this yeah. session. You know, here's this band that he has, you know, 
produced and taught so much about recording. And here they are playing with Barbara Streisand, which is a big, huge star level. I mean, he probably had a blast then, you know. But, you know, I have what I remember most from that Mm -hmm. session Mm -hmm. was driving home that night. (laughs) You know, the session, yeah, the session was, was, it was the wee hours of the morning, which probably was midnight, one o'clock, possibly. I don't think we hung out that long, but I was driving home from Columbia Studios, from Hollywood, up and over Lancashire Boulevard, back to the Valley. And I was so starstruck. I almost hit Mm -hmm. a cat in the middle of the road, (laughs) you know, because I was saying to myself, my hand, I can see both hands, 10 o'clock, two o'clock on the steering wheel and kind of in a daze saying, Little Alice DeBeer from Mason City, Iowa. You just recorded with Barbara Effing Streisand. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? Just, yeah. just effing? Come on, Alice. Yeah, you exactly. Your year? All right, all right, all right. Barbara fucking Streisand. There you go. You know? Yes, you go. yes. I'm still starstruck to this day. Oh, I mean, it just yeah. gets me. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe I need to. Go take a nap. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. Ring well, as, as all of you know, I like mm-hmm. to put things out there for the Get Behind Fanny podcast and Fanny. And I just want to put it out there that Ms. Barbara Streisand, we would love to either have you as a guest on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm dreaming big here. Absolutely. Or at least write us some thoughts about what it was like working with Fanny if you have any recollections. I wonder that if would she, just you know, be so cool. I wonder if she remembers. It was a long time ago. Oh, you I'm know. sure she remembers. Yeah. I'm but, sure she does. <laughs> yeah, but but Kristen, yes, don't we have a contest winner for Nikki's clip to announce? Are we doing like a big giant? Wait for it. Pivot. Yeah, pivot. <laughs> that was a pivot. You know, <laughs> I will. You know, That's after good. after get feeling that starstruckness coming back and elevate my mm-hmm. blood pressure, I had to calm yeah, down a minute uh, before I yes. got back uh, into right. it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You almost killed a cat too. Let's yeah. not forget that part. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 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 the stupid cat was sitting in the middle of the road. Come on. Who right. sits on the center, center line? You know? Well, back Jeez. then in LA, there was no traffic. Today, that yeah. cat would not be there. But yes. No, it wouldn't right. be there long. No. Yeah. no. Well, well, before we uh, do announce the, the, uh, the winners, let's listen to the clip one more time. Yeah, let's do. Here's some rock and roll. little syncopation in that, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. No. I have to uh, say, Byron, that is just such a great clip. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love yeah. it. I listen to it all the time. I, I'm yeah. sure you do. I do too, actually. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you outdid yourself, Byron. But now, who's got the hat this time? I'm not starting the drum roll, you guys, uh, until somebody's got the hat ready. All right? Well, well, who's got Byron, it? go ahead. I, I'm thinking I made the clip probably just a little bit too hard because <laughs> the, the hat's not very full today. The hat is not very full. And I yeah. think this is actually on us because we were not really clear. Uh, yeah, we that's did true. Have, yeah. We had a lot of people write in, but uh, we didn't clarify that we wanted Nikki's 
intro and outro of her talking to be included. So then we decided to let that go. But in the end, with all of the entries, we actually only got two people. Who, who got it right. Who got it right. Yeah. yeah. So before we announce the- So that was too hard. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. So Byron, for everybody mm-hmm. that did enter, will you please read the correct answers before we announce the winners? You bet. The very first clip of Nikki saying, let's rock and roll or something, is uh, from Cat Fever on the live CD. Mm-hmm. Then I actually used the studio version of Cat Fever. Then we go into Police in the Country. Then just a wee bit of uh, borrowed time, followed by Blind Alley. Then I'm Satisfied, Shade Me, Candlelighter Man, A Little While Later, What Kind of Lover. And we end with Blind Alley. And the very, very thing, hard one was uh, Nikki going, uh, let's get started or whatever. That's from Lonesome Pine, which is from the... a rhino CD set. So that, right. that's where I kind of stretched it out a little bit too much. <laughs> well, and not you everybody did. has that rhino right, CD right, set. Right. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the three of us have made, we. it was like a, a joint executive decision. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that both people who got the all the answers mm-hmm. are going to win the prize. So I would like to congratulate Nigel Langridge and... Mm-hmm. Apple Scruff, also Apple known Scruff. as Tim. Tim, yeah. Yeah. Tim Schiffler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And I would just like to be, you know, a little snarky here and say, <laughs> for those who didn't enter the contest, you got to try. Because oh, I yeah. think all of you who didn't try are going to be very sorry. We teased you about what yeah. the prize was. And since Nigel and Apple Scruff are both going to be winning this, Byron, why don't you tell them? That's right. We're sending them both a an exclusive Get Behind Fanny podcast, the bootleg of the Beat Club audio that we played on episode 29. Yes. But it's not just that, Byron. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, there's more. Yeah, there is more. Because <laughs> I asked Byron to include on that CD the four additional songs that were part of the second taping of the beat club from 1972. And it's summer song and borrowed time and knock on my door and young and dumb. So those songs will be included. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right, cool. And uh, Alice will be autographing them for you, whether you want to or not. But I will say this. (laughs) We're just going to say this now. Please do not write us and ask if you can purchase Right, right, because we legally are not allowed to sell it. So this is a contest prize. There will be more contests, but the lesson learned is try right in. You never know. Pay attention, (laughs) damn it! I'll make the I'll make the clips easier next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was great, Byron. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you did a great job too. You really did. uh, I think Kristen. Yes. I think it's time to let people know a little bit about what we might be talking about next episode. What's you up? got it. You got it. On episode 32, and again, it's because of your clip, Byron, we are definitely going to be talking about Nikki's song a little while later. Yeah. We have not spoken about that song yet. It's fantastic. Uh, we're also going to be talking about June's song, which I love, Thinking of You. Mm, mm, one of my favorite yeah. songs. Uh, me yep. too. Yeah, Me too. And we're going to be hearing again from June and Jean and Seagrave. Mm, cool. cool. We're looking forward to it. But before we end this podcast, Alice, I have a question for you, since oh. this was a Yes. kind of venturing out of Barbara Streisand. Yep. Having listened to the songs through 2021 years, and we talked a little bit about this, do you think Barbara Streisand pulled off doing contemporary pop? Um, yeah, I, I do on one hand, 
But on the other hand, um, I think that her voice is so much better suited to the music, uh, Broadway and ballads mm-hmm. yeah. and right. and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. think I think yeah, she got it. She got it mostly right. You know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think it was very brave of her oh, yeah. to to try a whole different genre of music. Yeah. But Good. you know. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't quite in her wheelhouse, you know, because she is obviously, you, you said, she's very talented, but, you know, it takes a certain voice, to, and this is not a knock on her at all, to carry some rock songs like yeah. this. And it's, it's, it's not easy, but well, she, mm-hmm. she did a good job. She yeah. did a good job, but it's just not quite there for yeah, her. Yeah. And like I said, you know, mm-hmm. if Barbara, jo- Barbara Jones Streisand, Barbara Streisand's voice aside, Space Captain Where You Lead could have been on Fanny albums. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, in that sense, she did. She did it. That's she true. delivered. You know. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, Alice, I agree with you that we need to go back at some point and we will listen to these songs again. Yeah. But for now, until episode thirty-two, Alice yes. Byron, <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Hit it. <laughs> 